What's up, Saltini? We're back with the first fantasy football episode of the podcast. And this university started as a fantasy football establishment on Twitter, and I intend to keep giving great advice and expanding my platform to help as many people win championships as I can. Now, I'm here today with some people to keep your eye out throughout the offseason. And a lot of their situations can change with the draft coming up and team injuries. But today, we have our pre-draft Dollar Tree darlings, slots, and bounce-back candidates. I'll be going over two players at each position of QB, running back, and wide receiver for each category. And if you haven't followed me on Twitter, then you probably have no clue what a Dollar Tree darling or a slot is. So before I get into it, let me explain a little bit about what it is. A Dollar Tree darling is a player who has had tremendous success in the past and is being valued at a place where I think is way lower than what they will finish. A sloth is just my play on the term sleeper, which you should be very familiar with as a fantasy player. But if you're new to fantasy, it's a player who the majority of people are down on, but you believe can produce. Now let's get into these Dollar Tree darlings to start it off. First position we got coming up is quarterback. And the first player we got up is Tom Brady. Another year of age discrimination for Tom Brady in the fantasy world. Currently going as the 13th overall consensus quarterback He's gone as low as the 36th quarterback off the board in some leagues. Many analysts have this is the year that he finally loses to father time. And we've been hearing that line for at least the past five years. And while it could be true this time, Brady has progressively gotten better with old age. And he's finished with 9,949 yards, 83 touchdowns, and 24 interceptions his past two seasons with the Buccaneers is ranked as the quarterback eight and the quarterback three and has averaged 21.87 and 22.61 points per game the past two seasons. If he wasn't capable of still playing at a high level, I highly doubt he would have come out of retirement. Kirk Cousins. Everybody loves to say that Kirk Cousins is an average quarterback, but the stats the past two seasons say otherwise. He's been playing the best football of his career with a combined 8,486 yards, 68 touchdowns, and 20 interceptions over the past two seasons. Earlier in the offseason, their coach said that they were going to make Justin Jefferson more of a focal point on offense. And to me, that sounds like they're going to make a transition from being more run-heavy to a bit more pass-heavy. And they were already going that direction last season, and they had a bit of offensive success doing it. Kirk Cousins is currently the 17th overall quarterback going off the boards, going behind guys like Trey Lance and Justin Fields. And he's finished as the QB 11 the past two seasons in in a more pass-friendly offense, could very well find his way into the top 10. Getting into these running backs, James Conner, coming into last season as an afterthought to many who couldn't see his value of the Cards goal lineback. Connor quickly became a high-end back throughout the season in an extremely high-powered offense. After sharing a backfield to Chase Edmonds for much of last season, he now has it all to himself, even though the car is made after the running back. But he's being valued at the 16th overall running back. And from week 6 and on from last season, Connor was the RB4 in total points and the RB3 in points per game. He did this and missed two games in this time frame. Saquon Barkley. Written off by many as an injury-riddled bust. (laughs) Quite possibly the most talented running back we've seen drafted in the past four years that isn't named Jonathan Taylor. Saquon Barkley is being taken as the consensus running back 18. The Giants have finally upgraded their offensive line and have a head coach who I think can finally get this offense into second gear. And there's obvious risk 
but four of the top five current running backs have dealt with significant injuries and some within the same time frame with names like CMC, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, and Dalvin Cook. Now, there's always going to be injury risk with the position, so why not take a risk on someone who could likely finish in the top five that won't cost you nearly as much as these guys? Going on to wide receiver. Mike Williams finished as the wide receiver 10 on the season, but is being drafted as the wide receiver 32. And I think the reason people are shying away from Williams is his consistency, which is the lack of, which I'm talking about because he hasn't been very consistent throughout his entire career. He's been very inconsistent. And we've seen many top receivers have years of inconsistency and consistency, like Tyreek Hill, for example. And with another year in the system and with Keenan Allen aging, Williams could be leaned on a bit more to take over as the one in this offense. The AFC West is going to be competitive. They're probably going to be more competitive games. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Williams is going to be relied on. At this price, he's a steal, and I don't see a way he finishes outside of the top 20 without missing games. Terry McLaurin, a product of bad QB play. Terry McLaurin has never finished inside the top 20 of any of his three seasons in the league. But he's been regarded as a top 12 talent at the position by many and now has the most talented QB he's ever played with and is going at wide receiver 21. Many like myself predicted McLaurin to have a breakout season last year with Fitzpatrick at the helm, but Fitzpatrick had a career-ending injury and things didn't go as planned. His floor, absolute floor, is mid-20s and he has a top 10 ceiling. Getting into these slots, starting with the quarterback position. If you follow me on Twitter... You know I have been lobbying immensely for this offense right here with the quarterback of none other than Derek Carr of the Oakland Raiders. Not o- <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Back in 2017 for a second. But the forgotten man in the AFC West that has quietly been in two MVP races without having a wide receiver that has finished, let alone be regarded, in the top 10 has the same amount of 4,000-yard passing seasons as Russell Wilson with nowhere near the receiving talent that he has, just got who is largely regarded as a top three wide receiver. Derek Carr is primed to have the best season of his career. The only stat that has been lackluster for Derek Carr is touchdowns. And that could be, in my opinion, because of the people he's throwing the ball to. And he has an excellent goal line running back. His best red zone threat before Devontae Adams graciously came into the fold was Michael Crabtree, who finished with 25 touchdowns in his three seasons with the Raiders, which isn't horrible. It's about eight touchdowns a season, but it's Michael Crabtree. No disrespect. But I fully expect Carr to hit over 30 touchdowns this season. And with the yardage numbers he puts up, he could easily pass his 15th overall quarterback average draft position. Going on to the next quarterback. This one has a special place in my heart. I will be drafting this quarterback in almost every league that I can. Tua Nigamanuela Pola Tungavailoa. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, if you listen to any of my other episodes that I've talked about this man, this shouldn't come as much as a surprise. But Tua is about to trot out one of the most explosive offenses in the National Football League. Many people have both... Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle ranked in their top 15. 
but have Tua outside the top 15. How that works? I'm not quite sure. (laughs) But I'll be right along with whoever is smart enough to follow, scooping up all the late round quarterback turned wide receiver or turned QB1 shares. The stigma that Tua can't throw the deep ball stems from people who likely don't even watch his games. Because if you watch the games, you'd see that Miami attempted the least amount of deep throws in the league because their O-line was horrendous and their deep threat was Matt Collins. Now, they've hired much better coaches, improved the O-line, and now have Tyreek Hill. Two at QB 18 and maybe lower, depending on your league, could win you a championship. Going on to the running backs. <sighs> this one this one hurts because I fell victim to this man not too long ago. I fell victim to the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire rookie hype train trap and took him one spot above Alvin Kamara that year against all my instincts. All offseason, I had Kamara pegged as the running back one and let the hype get to my head. It made me a better man for it, though, because after hours of watching this man, I can tell you that with absolute certainty, he is a very good NFL running back, contrary to popular belief. Will he ever get back to his first round grade again? Probably not. But with the Chiefs signing Ronald Jones, many have buried his career. But that signing, in my opinion, is more of an insurance, if anything, as Clyde has missed 12 games in the past two seasons and has played through injuries in many of them. And while he hasn't been on the field much, when he's been on the field, he's impressed. And before he got injured, he was coming off of two back-to-back 100-yard games. That And he went down with an injury that bugged him all year when he came back. Now, in his rookie year, before trading for Le'Veon Bell, that effectively tanked his volume, or his value for the rest of the year, Clyde was the running back 9. He's currently being drafted as the running back 28. Do with his information what you will. J.K. Dobbins. A favorite for a breakout season around the league before suffering a season-ending injury before the season even started, J.K. Dobbins' stock has taken little to no hit, which is a testament to how talented he is. The Ravens' running game had value with Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman last year. Now, from week 10 of the 2020 season and on, Dobbins ranked as the running back 8. He's currently going as the running back 21. He will almost certainly outperform this draft position. Wide receiver, Gabriel Davis. The case for Davis, while he is incredibly talented himself, has more to do with opportunity and situation than anything. He's the current wide receiver too for Josh Allen. That should explain everything. Emmanuel Sanders did extremely well in that role with Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley behind him soaking up targets. Beasley and Sanders are gone. And the only person behind Davis is Jamison Crowder, who is... A very talented wide receiver, but that room is less crowded. Now, Davis shined all throughout the Bills' playoff run, and many like myself could be buying too much into it. I don't think he's going to end up as a wide receiver one, but he could easily finish within the top 25. He will also cost you next to nothing as he's going as the 38th wide receiver off the board. If you have any concerns about his talent, just watch what he did at the playoffs and see, see for yourself. Darnell Mooney. Mooney has been on my radar since he burst onto the scene his rookie year, 
having breakout games with Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles, and the Bears' non-existent O-line and deep threats. <laughs> or deep targets, I should say, because he was the deep threat. And he was regarded as the two to Allen Robinson in the second half of 2020, and I believed he could take over the role as the one. And in his second season, he did just that and outproduced Robinson and at his first case season with poor QB play. Now, Fields in the offense should improve and he has nobody to challenge him for targets other than Cole Komet. Mooney is going as the wide receiver 31. And even if the Bears draft a running back, wide receiver, I mean, which they should, he should easily be the one for this team with an entirely huge piece of this target share. Getting into these bounce back candidates. Starting off with the quarterback position again. Lamar Jackson, two years removed from an MVP season, and Lamar hasn't played anywhere near to the level he was at. Part of it has been injuries, and part of it has been simply a decline in his play. I don't believe he isn't capable of replicating those numbers, though he is an objectively better QB than he previously was. His weapons are better, and his O-line is improved. He will cost you a bit if you do draft him, because he's going as the quarterback four. But if he slides outside of the top seven, then I would be all over him as someone who religiously takes QBs later in the draft. There have been a couple people that made me side-eye him if their value was right, and Lamar is going to be one of them this year. Zach Wilson. I know it's weird to put somebody who was a rookie, especially quarterback, in a bounce back, but Zach Wilson had a pretty rocky start to his rookie year. I always saw the talent, but I was curious to see how it would translate to the NFL level. And he started much how I thought he did, or how I thought he would. But coming back from the injury, he was playing at the highest level of all the rookies, in my opinion. And he was missing most of his top weapons, and he still found a way to move the ball effectively and compete. With Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, and quite possibly a high-round rookie, could be Drake London, could be... It really, I think Drake London is going to be the first wide receiver off the board. My favorite wide receiver in this draft is Traylon Burks. Any of these wide receivers would greatly help this wide receiver core, and they could have a sneaky good core for the young quarterback to take the next step. Their offensive line also improved. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Now for running back. These two got to be my favorite out of the whole list. Because, man... Many people forget, and it's just going to go over their head because of how short of a time period it was, but before any running back on this team went down to injury last year, Kareem Hunt was the running back five. Regardless of the QB, the Browns have had the best running back tandem in NFL, and both have been productive for fantasy in their tenure. Throughout the same amount of time, Nick Chubb was the running back eight before anybody on this team got injured. Everybody was healthy. Kareem Hunt was the running back five on the season. Nick Chubb was the running back eight. Nick Chubb is being drafted inside the top 10. Kareem Hunt was a better fantasy option and is going at running back 31. It doesn't get much better for you at that value. Like, (laughs) if Watson is suspended and Baker is traded, all this means is that the Browns are just going to have to lean on their running back tandem even more. The opportunity is there. The talent is there. And now the value is the greatest it's ever going to get. Josh Jacobs. Even on a down year, Josh Jacobs still had 
a productive fantasy season. He didn't pass 1K rushing yards, but from week seven and on, he was the running back six with injuries. He was injured a lot of this season, but he was the running back six. Lost his head coach, still produced. He's always had the talent to finish top 10 in his position, but has seemingly been held back by usage and scheme and offensive line play. Insert Josh McDaniels. And looking at the success he's had in New England with their run game, it's hard not to get excited of the thought of Josh Jacobs in his system. He's currently going as the running back 20. And in the past two seasons, his finish is the running back 8 and the running back 14. Now, for these next two wide receivers, we're going to play a little game. I'm going to list out their fantasy finishes for the majority of their careers and see if you can guess them. First one up. Since 2014, he's been the wide receiver 11, 4, 29, 1, 2, 5, and 5. This past season, he struggled with injuries, missed 8 games, finished 37. He's currently being drafted as the wide receiver 12. 12. And just had a major wide receiver in his room leave this offseason. Can you guess this wide receiver? (laughs) DeAndre Hopkins is going in the range of guys like T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf, and Jalen Waddell. No disrespect, I love all of these options. But he's even gone as low as the wide receiver 24 in some leagues. D-Hop is the only one in that list that I can easily see finishing as the wide receiver one next season. I expect D-Hop to bounce back big, way big this upcoming season. Now for this next wide receiver. This is easily, easily my favorite target of this entire list. Since 2016, when he entered the league, when he entered the league, he's been wide receiver seven, six, six. And one. And the last season he played was in 2020, where he only played five games and finished the game as the wide receiver 98. He missed the entirety of the 2021 season with injuries and is finally back, but for some reason is going as the wide receiver 22. He's going around guys like Brandon Cooks, Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper, and Jerry Judy. Out of literally all the guys I've listed, this has to be the biggest layup of a steal. Like, when healthy, the guy hasn't finished lower than wide receiver seven. And it, that was in his rookie year. <laughs> like, if you're fading Michael Thomas this year, then you better be prepared to go against all the points he's going to rain on you this season. That's all we have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I'm going to go more in depth with a lot of more fantasy stuff when the draft happens because honestly, a lot of this stuff can change with the draft and I'm going to be doing a lot more, especially once training camp hits, because once you get past all the injuries and everything, everything's going to be set for the season. You can like, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to drop my rankings and my everything after the draft, because that's going to be more like more solidified than anything because injuries happen all the time. So you can't really just like wait for injuries to happen. So after the draft, I'm going to drop my rankings. I'm going to drop everything, but I don't want to do that before the draft because a QB could get drafted. Wide receiver could get drafted here. Running back could get drafted here. It, it, it just, the draft just messes up a whole lot of stuff. It's better to wait until after the draft for all this stuff, but hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Tune in next time. Class dismissed. All right, kid, here's the deal. 
At any given time, there are around 1,500 aliens on the planet, most of them right here in Manhattan. And most of them are decent enough. They're just trying to make a living. Cab drivers. Uh, not as many as you'd think. Humans, for the most part, don't have a clue. They don't want one or need one either. They're happy. They think they have a good bead on things. But well, why, why a big secret? People are smart. They can handle it. The person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. 1,500 years ago, everybody knew the Earth was the center of the universe. 500 years ago, everybody knew the Earth was flat. And 15 minutes ago, you knew that people were alone on this planet. Imagine what you'll know tomorrow. <laughs>